everybody. Welcome to this episode of The Working Therapist. I'm Hayden Bullock, your host, and today we have Kirsty Miles, who's with us, and she is a team lead here at PDT as well as a physical therapist. So, Kirsty, why don't you introduce yourself to people, and then we will let them know all the stuff we're talking about today. Sure. Like Hayden said, I'm a physical therapist with PDT. I've been here for just about 12 years. I've seen pretty much everything there is to see and do at PDT <laughs> in all of our locations. And, and now you're in charge um, of most of it. <laughs> um, so, I mean, wherever we are and wherever we have stretched to, I've stepped foot in there, well, probably treated or done some sort of intervention. I feel very comfortable saying that I know the ins and outs at PDT. Well, that's selling yourself short. For people who are listening, Kirsty is in charge of the entire Southern Pines team. All the contracts over there, she helped us pretty much created that space over in Southern Pines, developed that whole office over there. Everything was run over in Southern Pines because of Kirsty and sort of the groundwork she did for that. She really is integral to everything that happens at PDT, and your title team lead is a little narrow for all that you do here. But she's a very accomplished physical therapist, and she leads a huge team of people here at PDT, as well as a whole integral part of the business. So today, Kirsty and I are going to share with you guys our top toys for gross motor use in therapy. Kirsty and I go to the toy fair every year. The International Toy Fair in New York. She and I just got back not too long ago, and we spent how many days? Mm, what, four, five. Four, four, yeah, five days. And they're like 12-hour or longer days, right? Mm, very. They're At very least. long days. Very long days. So if there is a toy out there, I feel like I've seen it, or I know something about it, or I've heard about it. Do you? I mean, I feel very educated. So we really have seen every toy almost, I think, for 2017 that's out there or we know about it. We thought it would be good to share, from our experience, the top gross motor toys that we found at the Toy Fair and talk about therapy applications. Definitely. From the Toy Fair, there's a couple of things that we start out and that we're going to look for. Obviously, we want to see what new is out there because we want, as a practice, to be on the cutting edge. But also, we look for quality and we look for things that can be carried over to the home. So those are our primary focuses when we're going in and looking for toys and what's going to complement our practice. As we were preparing for this podcast and getting ready, Kirsten and I were talking about you know, coming up with the topic and what we we're going to do. And so one of the things I think that's really important in the practice here at PDT is the fact that we always want to keep our therapy functional. And so we like to use things in therapy that kids have at their house or in their backyard or at school. Because of that, it's important for us to stay current on what toys and activities are out there, but also keep things that we use in therapy that are good quality things, novel, new, but then also things that just kids are going to have in their home so that when we are doing the carryover, we don't have some institutional or hospital grade fancy schmancy thing. We've got the same swing in our clinic that they'll have at their house. So we say all the time, it's not about the toy, it's about what I get from the toy, but it is important for me to have therapy that's fun and it's got to be novel. So I need new things, novel things. It's got to be fun. They also have to be quality because I don't like junk. It's also got to have a decent price point so that when I recommend it to families, it's affordable. And that's, so that's really our whole purpose for having toys. That's why we even sell them in our clinic. And that's why we go to the toy fair every year. And that's also why we do these podcasts about those so we can give other people ideas and tell them, hey, look, so we did all our research and here you go. Our focus is we recognize as therapists and it's important to reinforce with a parent, we're not miracle workers. We're not going to get them miraculously better. We're here to educate and we're here to provide the tools so that ultimately it's that relationship that's going to get them to advance. When we were also coming up with topics from the toy fair, at first I was thinking, okay, we'll do our top toys for PT, top toys for OT, top toys for speech. But then Kirsty was like, 
I can't even think that way because we were really having trouble coming up with the activities because we don't think really in separate disciplines. Because for PT toys, when she's talking about all this gross motor stuff, I'm a speech therapist, but I very rarely sit still. You know, I like to be moving and grooving. So really, when we talk about gross motor toys, we're going to talk about gross motor toys, but then therapy application for PTs, OTs, and speech therapists. Like how they, all three disciplines, use these various toys in therapy. Because you're treating the whole child. So as a physical therapist, knowing that they have communication goals, (laughs) I'm not going to sit back and just do everything for them. I'm going to have them request. I'm going to talk to the speech therapist and what sound are you working on? What do you want them to say? More or my turn or like, where are we at? And then I'm going to incorporate that in my session. So again, there's more carryover. Yeah, the same thing for me. So if they're getting PT, then I'm going to find out, how do you want them to sit? What are, you, are you working on jumping or working on go up and down stairs? Are you working on, you know, what are you doing so that I can incorporate that into my speech therapy? Same thing. And OT. Okay, mm-hmm. so start us off, Kirstie. What's our first toy? One of the first things we saw at Toy Fair, which a lot of our motor toys, gross motor toys, we're finding a big trend towards technology. So we can't ignore that. It's the direction that things are moving in. And so we don't want to completely cut off the technology piece. But sometimes it becomes a deterrent from getting kids to move. So when we're looking at gross motor toys, sometimes simple is better. And the creativity that you can have with those toys is a little bit more than when you have something just doing it for you technology-wise. So when you look at the technology, a lot of them, they're really just a cause and effect. You push a button, it lights up. You run and touch something, it lights up, which there was one of those. And I guess we can go to that first, the rocks, which is linked mm-hmm. to technology. Um, you have these light-up buttons. You can put them out. You can put them in an obstacle course. You can put them across space and have races with them. So mm-hmm. you tag it and it lights up. So there is a technology component and there's a motivational component for that, but there's still a large movement piece for it depending on how you use it. So that was one of the things that we noted and saw at Toy Fair that kind of moves in that technology direction. Mm-hmm. But a lot of things that we can do are are more basic. You know, the rocks is made by Achamps and one of the things I like about this is when you go to their website and it's a.champs is new ways to get kids moving so it's all screen activity console created to get kids moving so they're trying to do exactly what Kirstie's talking about where they're moving but there is technology component but they're really the goal is to get the kids to move so for speech therapists out there for this rock they is called rox and it's these little boxes they light up it comes with like 10 programmable games in there you can put them on the ground and you can run and stamp on them or you can jump to them or whatever they come with straps so you can strap them up high like like on a tree if you're inside in your clinic you can strap them onto like a pole or just strap them up on the wall or stick them up on the wall with velcro or tape or whatever and so the child can like reach up and grab them so you know if you're working on some upper body stuff or reaching or I know PT all the time is like I want them to you know squat and stand up or stuff like that these are really cool to do that with but for speech you know don't be afraid to get up and move your body so you create like a whole sequencing activity where you had to okay let's you know let's hit the the, you could they light up different colors so they can um, so you can like touch the green one first then the red one then the blue one or whatever you could do a whole verb activity as you're jumping to the you can jump to them you can hop you can run to them you can crawl to them so so you could also incorporate this whole play thing if you're working with a PT and with this toy to make the kids move their body but there's this whole language component with it. So this is a great toy and I wouldn't be afraid to get keeping up and moving and grooving. And then also for yourself, you know, working sometimes, um, 
in a big therapy gym, you can get more language there. And this is a great toy to help sort of give you some foundation and structure to your therapy. Next toy. Anything like movement related, again, scooters, riding toys, some of the pre-biking. There's a company called Globbers, G-L-O-B-B-E-R-S, Globbers. They make an, a riding toy that does convert into a scooter. So you have both things in one. So it's one purchase, riding toy to scooter. And so you get more bang for your buck, but also a variety of toys in one thing. And the transition is very easy to move it from one setting to the other. So we always look for riding toys. You know, when you're going through stages of development, it's working on core strengthening balance. When you have a really little one, sometimes they won't even hold on with their hands. So it's a whole safety awareness concept. You know, when you put them on a riding toy, the first thing they do is they start going backwards. Developmentally, that's where they're at. So you have to work on this whole concept of moving your body forwards in space because that's just not how they're inclined to go. So you're teaching that. And then after they've outgrown the riding toy, you can then advance to using a scooter. I love using a scooter for a number of things. We have children with tight hip cords. When you have that foot on the scooter, it forces them into dorsiflexion because they have to maintain their balance on the scooter and propel with the other foot. So we'll use it for tight heel cords. We'll use it for balance. We use it for one-sided use, using an affected limb or an affected side. So there's so many uses therapeutically for a scooter. And these globbers, I need to say also, they're great quality. Like we really thought we were impressed with the quality and the, the like how long a child could use those because they basically go from a sitting toy, a sit right on toy with my big handle that the parent can push to a scooter. They'll go for like a long time. It's a good investment. They're not the cheapest scooter out there, I'll be honest. But I think the price point is good that, you know, they also are going to last you for years. I don't know how you would tear them up. You're going to be hard pressed to tear these things up. Yeah, and, <laughs> very and, durable. And I wanted to say also, we talked about this in one of our bike camp podcasts, but how you were saying, you know, the child has to learn how to hold on to the toy. And I think that's such a huge language concept also. And you know, being accountable and responsible for your body. A lot of kids who don't use words to get things, you know, who don't say something to get something or do something to get something, which is a basic communication initiation concept, they also don't think about how their body works to get things, you know? And so a lot of times they'll just like get on a bike and they forget to hold on or they'll get on a scooter or a riding toy and they just won't hold on. They're just not used to being in control because language is control. And so I think for speech therapists, sometimes it's important to sort of sit back and think and look because kids have to you know, hold on. And you could talk about that. You know, it's a body part, hands, put your hands here, hold on, you know, go, stop. And oh, you fell down. Uh-oh, you fell off in a controlled fall. And then let's get back on. And, you know, that whole process of doing that and moving your body and the motor plane to do that, all of that fits with language. All that motor planning fits with, lang- you know, sequence and putting concepts and words and ideas together. All that has to happen receptively before they're ever going to get it out expressively. So I think a lot of these movement toys teaches a child all that like for language communication things. If you watch a parent interact with their little one, if you put a riding toy on the floor, the first thing the parent does is picks them up and puts them on there. They want to see what they're going to do. Instead of like letting them crawl around it a minute, explore it, how are they going to pull to stand? Are they going to try and lift a leg to get on there by themselves? So you learn so much about a child's motor planning abilities just from stepping back a minute and watch what they're doing. And then also you learn from the speech therapist problem solving because if they immediately go up to it and start screaming, 
that's their communication. That that's what they're doing to communicate. And so you've got to like, oh, you need help. Oh. So you can put words in there, put concepts in there, and teach them how to request, how to do something to get something, instead of just screaming and say, oh, they just have a, you know, a temper tantrum every time they do that. You go, uh oh, yeah. Well, let's get you, put your, like you say, help them learn how to get on there, or help them push it, or something like that. Because a lot of times kids will just start screaming, but that's how they're asking to do things. Toy number three. We came across a gentleman who had developed this concept. They're called hand trucks. His story is really interesting, and hopefully we'll have him on one of our podcasts. He actually worked in construction, I think, right? Yeah, with these different machines and equipment and driving these bulldozers and like backhoe and all the names of different trucks. And he said he was driving one day, and he went to point and... The whole front end of the truck went in that direction and he was like, well, how cool would it be if you had that on your hand Mm -hmm. and you could like be a kid outside digging and playing? And so I can get on board with that really fast because we put them on and starting to move and use the pieces and squeeze and grab the different parts to make them move and scoop the sand and release the sand. Number one, you're doing a lot of hand strengthening, so Mm -hmm. grip strength, hand strengthening, but also the ones that you have to flex the wrist back. We have a lot of kids that have wrist drop, and so having fun tools and ways and strategies to be able to engage that where it's play. It's not repetitive activity that's boring to a child. It's fun, and so they're out in the sandbox. They have these tools. They were super durable. I mean, you can stand on them. Like this guy thought of everything. He really did. Um, So he was standing on it. So, I mean, if his body weight, because you know our kids are going to go and stand on them. But to be able to use them in that way for working on grip strength, working on the wrist extension and overall strengthening is just huge. And so even though I have that linked under a gross motor toy, because we do work with a lot of children with upper body weakness and hemiplegia and shoulder weakness. And when they have shoulder weakness and core weakness, that ties into if you don't have proximal stability and strength. Mm -hmm. You don't have distal stability and strength, so you're going to have poor handwriting and fine motor control. So you can't really do that fine motor piece without having a strong gross motor background. They're so cool because they're so simple. And you're like, duh, why hadn't I figured this out before? But you put your hand inside the hand truck. It's like a sleeve. It goes on your arm. He said they work best with sand, not kinetic sand, but real sand. And so it automatically sets kids up like a playground or a sandbox situation because you've got to share this thing's going to definitely affect your neighbor. So you have to do something in that situation. So it sets up a real pragmatic social opportunity for kids to problem solve, relate to one another, just play parallel. This is a cool toy. And it definitely, definitely made my forearm tired. Like if you pulled it back mm-hmm. and forth enough, it's, it is a cool toy. Number four. Uh, the next one we have is spooner boards, a rocker board um, with yeah. a smooth bottom. So kind of, if you took, imagine taking a skateboard, take the wheels off the bottom and then yes. like bend it up a little bit so it's got like a rocker bottom that's a spooner um so with the spooner boards from a pt standpoint you can work on weight shifting so you stand on the spooner board you weight shift and Mm -hmm. then you can actually rock them and walk them forward so from a pt perspective if you are working on getting increased hip rotation or working on normalizing a gait pattern this is a really good activity to incorporate or if you have somebody that doesn't get really good arm swing you have to get arm swing to be able to use the spooner board. So that's the thing that we do therapeutically. And they're great for speech. 
Well, number one, I just like to get kids up and moving. But I like to turn it upside down because then kids have to prop. So I put it the right way it's supposed to be. And then we get on it and move our bodies. And, you know, you can like hold their hands. And you can sing a song and stop, go, stop, go. Like I'm holding their hands and I'm having them rock side to side. And I'll just sing a song with them or something. And, you know, we'll stop the song and go, stop, and go. So they were moving their body. It's an opportunity to request. But then I'll say like a control like, uh-oh, and help them like fall off the thing. So they kind of, oh, no, uh-oh, fell down. And then I flip it over. And so then they have to problem solve to get it back right. And I can say, oh, my goodness, what happened? Oh, no, it's broken. You know, we have to fix it. And depending on their level, I use less or more words, depending on how much they're taking in and doing. But then we got to try to solve it together and problem solve it. And then it's also a great toy for kids to take turns, like his turn, my turn, you know, whatever it is. So this is a great speech and language toy. So speech people out there, don't shy away from this thing if you see it, because it's a fabulous speech and language toy. So if you see it in the PT gym, go get it and use it in your speech therapy session. Yeah, and like you mentioned, flipping it over, you can use that in an obstacle course, something to jump over, something to step on. So, I mean, anything you can make an obstacle out of or an obstacle course. So Check out the Spooner boards because they are awesome. Okay, what's our next toy? Number five. Um, So we always look for themes at the Toy Fair. And one of the big themes that we saw this year, as opposed to last year, because there's always something new out, is that they take the swings, like the disc swing. You know, Mm -hmm. you have a platform swing, you have a disc swing. Now it's more, the theme for the year was like, the web swings. So the yes. bottom surface, it looks like a knitted or crocheted web it and does. it's stretched over the swing and you sit on that. And those things were everywhere. 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 But we did our research and we found the best ones. Yes. <laughs> so we went with the, the company is M&M mm-hmm. and it's called the Web Rider. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of things we look for, but you know, our toys, when they're in the clinic, they're being used over and over again, several days a week, several hours a day, and they, they get put through the ringer. So we need to make sure that our toys are going to stand up to what they're going to be given because they're given a lot. <laughs> yep. And so, and I think we sat on a lot of them. Most Did- of the Web Riders, I think we tried them out. Or no, we tried a lot of them out. We actually spoke with the engineer who designed it and he told us why their swing was superior and I believed him because it was it sounded very high tech. They've done a lot of research and work and come up with various designs and it's a great swing that I think would stand the test of time in any clinic as well in a house, a home situation easily, but definitely like in a clinic situation where it's used over and over and over and over and over again, I think these swings will they're gonna do great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when we look at a swing, I mean, of course, OTs use swings a lot. The sensory component, the vestibular, do they need to go linearly? Do they need to spin? Do they need to be on their tummy and work on upper body strengthening or back extension, which PTs can address also? But also, you can have the child push you on the swing. Um, You can work on turn taking on the swing. So you have that language component coming in. You can stop the swing. And do you want more? Go. I use a swing for babies with torticollis. Probably not this swing, but if I had an older child that could hold on, I would certainly put them on the swing and get writing reactions and some sustained hold for strengthening the opposite side of the neck. For speech, if you're working in a clinic and you don't go in the gym much and put kids on a swing much, definitely go in there and do it. I look for a couple of different things in swings. I want something that's heavy, but not so heavy that the child can't move it. There's lots of natural language opportunities for a child. And then like moving a swing across the room and connect to a swing hook. I mean, they usually can't connect to the swing hook and I'm certainly helping them. But 
But, you know, you could easily just go get the swing, put it on the hook, and never engage the child in any activity. Or you can go in the room like, oh, we got to find the swing. Like, where is it? And so you can describe it. We're looking for a circle, or we're looking for something blue, or we're looking for something green, or whatever the heck color it is, whatever. You know, so you could do like an eye spy. We're looking. And that's also a memory thing. What are we looking for for a child who's at that level? Or if it's just a child who's a very simple level, who just is you're working on single words, you know, to do something to get something, you could do a lot of sound effects. Like you're moving the swing across the room like, ah. Yeah, use your muscles, uh, and then like up, up, up. and the, Or you could put the swing down. So when you go to put the child on it, it doesn't swing. So you're like, uh-oh, uh-oh, like what's wrong? So we have to lift it up and fix it, and then I have to request and all that stuff. So it's just tons and tons of natural opportunities to problem solve, to listen, to follow directions, to repeat things back, to come up with new words, to put multiple words together, to use single words, like all kinds of stuff. And one of my most favorite things to do with the swing for kids to say something, to get something, is in mid-swing, stop it while they're kind of up you know in the air so they're safe they're not going to fall on but like so you're swinging forward back and so when they get to back you sort of hold the swing up so they're kind of in a natural like forward position where their body is trying to move forward I mean you're not going to let them fall off the swing you know don't get it wrong their body's sort of in mid swing versus stopping them when they're at the bottom when their body's not right in the middle of doing something you know so it just sort of naturally causes them to want to do something to get something. we've done that a ton in therapy Hayden with doing the swing and stopping it and getting them to request and more mm-hmm. and then from a PT perspective some of these children that have a hard time engaging or they need a smaller confined space and that close proximity to be able to engage with you, when you take and put them on a swing, you've sort of confined the environment a little bit more to get that engagement piece so that we can work on things like ball play and reciprocity of play and going back and forth with an object, whereas if we just have them in an open space, we don't get that. So we love the Web Rider Swing from the M&M Sales Company, not to be confused with the candy. (laughs) <laughs> I got nothing against candy either, but there's a bonus, and the bonus one is the spike ball. Hayden, you do this all the time anyway with the weighted balls at the clinic on the trampoline. This is my new um, favorite game. <laughs> so, Hayden, you probably should have created the spike ball. I wish I had because I so love it. So the spike ball is seriously like, okay, you know, the real round trampolines that everybody's got in the clinic, and everybody's got a set of weighted balls. So... I love this activity because you just pick up the weighted ball and you bounce it at the trampoline depending on the weight. It's got a significant amount more projection of the ball. Somebody on the other end needs to be able to catch. But it engages the whole child and you're picking the ball up and you can throw it down and go and they got to move their body. There's so much good language stuff. Somebody's got to be on the opposite side because you got to be able to catch. So it could be a child, but usually I have another therapist standing over there, honestly. And then I'm on the side with the child picking up the balls. But the child has to engage with the other person because when the other person you know, bounces the ball back to them, it's a weighted ball, so you've got to catch it. So it's a little bit more of like a body awareness, like, whoa, is this coming at me kind of thing. And kids love it. They stay engaged with it forever. But spike ball is basically, instead of having the trampoline, it pretty much is a trampoline, only it this netting and it bounces. It's just not trampoline material. But it's just like a round trampoline with this netting. And the concept is you take a ball, you bounce it in the middle. And there's like a whole game to play with it. But I would just do like my little game back and forth, bounce the ball in the middle, and the other person catches it. But it actually can get significantly more complicated than that for people who are like really bike ball. But I'm so just like bounce and catch a ball. It's smaller than a trampoline. So it's more yeah. portable. So mm-hmm. And lightweight. And it's not for like individuals to jump on although mm-hmm. you can stand on it so if that would be a concern it doesn't have the metal frame I mean the guy stood on the end and benched all around and it was super flexible so safe you could easily take it indoors outdoor be a great like outdoor 
beach game, out in the backyard game. It's portable. It folds up. I would use weighted balls, but it comes with like a little round like spike ball. Also, it's got little stands. You have to put the stands up. So that's another opportunity to try to fix the problem. Or you could bake it so one side is up and one side is on the ground if you just wanted to like throw and catch the ball yourself. So I love a spike ball situation. I was all over it, like white on rice. We have more gross motor toys, but those are some of our favorites. Yeah, those are our favorites from the toy fair for today. Top five with bonus. So thanks everybody for listening. All the websites for these toys are on our workingtherapist.com website. Catch more episodes on iTunes and Stitcher and also on the Working Therapist website. We've got a whole catalog of podcasts. So check those out. And thanks, Kirstie. This was fun. Thank you. All right. I'll catch you next time on another episode of Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com. 